0: To a, this is like when you had a sitcom and they did a very special episode. This is a very special episode. Because somebody died and they had to deal with the death. This is a very special, happy episode. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> exactly
1: the... There's no lessons to be learned. No, here.
0: no. Well, there's a lot of lessons every one of our shows. Oh, that's fair. Yes, come on. We are the best teachers. Yes. But this is the much-talked-about, much-anticipated episode 61. We are going to talk about Lord of the Rings. Yes. Well. Sort of. Specifically, this episode is the Three Hobbit movies and um, Fellowship. Fellowship of the Rings, which I did hear today, which kind of blew me away. It has been 20 years since the Two Towers came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me feel old.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and anyways, folks, my voice you're hearing is Steve Taylor. As always, I'm here with the lovely Elle Johnson.
1: Oh, friends and enemies. And we are here also. With I'd like Kelly. to introduce my lovely wife, Kelly.
2: Hello.
1: Kelly is our resident Lord of the Rings expert. Yes, she knows sure it all. Sure, I am. Uh, she is. Deep in the Lord of the Rings. Very excited about this. And knows a lot of the back history of the production and what makes Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings. And for
0: those of you who have first time ever listening to our show, please go back. Once again, this is episode 61. Please go back to listen to the previous 60 episodes and you will hear us ramping up these shows, which we're doing two of them. Ramping up these shows. Like crazy, Oh, yeah. Like, just completely making them sound like they're going to be the greatest thing ever, which they are going to be the greatest thing ever,
1: by the way. We have been talking about this for a hot minute. For quite a while. I I think think
0: we brought this up, like, in the top ten of our shows, like, the first ten. I think, yeah,
1: yeah. This was on our bucket list of things to do. (laughs) Like, it's
0: been over a year we've been really discussing this. Yeah. Which I'm glad it's finally happening. It's happening. Yes, it's going to be one episode this week, folks. Next week is going to be Two Towers and Return of the King. Um, The reason why we're trying to fit four movies into this is because... Some of us at this table do not believe the three Hobbit movies are movies, and so we're going to try to All discuss right, those. That's,
1: I, that, that's a little extreme. I said that they're like a D minus. It's not that they're not Okay, movies. that in
0: my level is a, uh, yeah, especially for a big budget movie, is, not, is yeah, a bad movie. Okay. But I love them. We're going to get into that later. We're going to get um, into that. So, once again, this is episode 61 Nerdpod Generations. If you're listening to us, obviously you found us somewhere. Um, If you have somebody who wants to listen to us, make sure that they let them know they can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you type in Nerdpod Generations into Google, it brings up a million different podcast sites that you can look us up on. You can also find us on YouTube, which I have not put up a video recently. Lamentably, no. Which I do have, once again, I do have the Buckaroo I one. I just have to finish it. I
1: have to I have to do my uh, review of Young Justice Phantoms, which I've been yes, meaning we to do. talked about that last week. I've been so insanely busy yeah. <laughs> the last week with work, because it's a short week. We're recording this right before the 4th of July holiday. Oh, that's right. And... Uh, so it's it's been bonkers busy for me. Oh, wait, me. do you have tomorrow, Austin? I do, oh. so I'm going to get some work done. I'm going to get some work nice. done. lucky. Yeah, I know. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Yeah. In the meantime, I wanted to turn it over to Kelly, because I want her to give a, her own introduction.
2: Sure. Just a couple of notes on my quote-unquote credentials here. Mm-hmm. So when Fellowship of the Ring came out, I was seven. Uh, my sister loves the books. So for her birthday that year... It, it just happened to be Fellowship with the Ring came out around her birthday, nice. so we went for her birthday. So me as a plucky little seven-year-old, it's like, oh, this is going to be fun. I know what this is about. We've seen the animated movies, which I'll get to in a sec. <laughs> I, get to, I get to the part where they're running from the Black Riders uh-huh. for the first time. And I'm freaking the frick out. Do you guys swear on the show? We swear. We swear. I was flipping the fuck out. So it's a good fuck to... <laughs> <laughs> So my dad pulled me out of the theater, and we went to go watch another movie until they were done. But the following year, <laughs> we did not make the same mistake. I was ready. It was a good time. Um... There's less
1: Black Riders in Two Towers as well.
2: Yeah, and significantly,
1: there is a the
0: massive orc battle at the end, though. There that is. is super violent.
2: Yeah, and we did watch. I don't know if we had seen the Backstreet Lord of the Rings before Fellowship. Mm -hmm. We definitely saw it before Two Towers. Mm -hmm. um, Because the Backstreet Lord of the Rings movie is Fellowship and, like, part of Two Towers. Because it was originally going to be two movies. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, some other nerd cred, which I'm very proud of, is there is a fan website called OneRing.net, which has been around. It was literally created to keep an eye on production for the Peter Jackson movies. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's very like, early That's where internet lore. they famously
0: lore. went to the Oscar after party yeah. for them after Return of the King. Yeah,
2: because it was such a big thing. So I follow their website, and they had put out a thing being like, hey, and this is uh, 2012. Okay. So I just graduated high school, I'm in college, we're having a good time. They send out a thing being like, hey, if you're in the New York City area, and you want to go to a show taping, we... A little birdie told us that they're gonna have a segment on the hobbit movie oh, right. for a talk show and it just so happened to be the final season of anderson cooper's talk show mm. which i think there were only two of yeah i think so <laughs> um, well, But be, yeah. but because they knew they were getting canceled they went all out which is why they had these guests and then we also got free stuff as we left because it was a talk show Maybe that's NBC's game.
1: Just get appreciate. No, 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 no. Always make the show think they're going to be canceled. And that way they always produce their best things because how many great shows on NBC are always on yeah. the edge of being canceled. That's right. Yeah. Anyway.
2: So I was like, "Cool, I'm going to sign up to go because I'm a poor college student. You only live once." Mm-hmm. I'm near New York City. I I had like one class that day, so I was like, "Oh, I'm not coming in." They they had like arrangements directly with wondering.net. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Hey, like are people coming in costume? And they were like, oh, yeah, like definitely come in costume. Like it'll be great. <laughs> so when I was in line standing outside for the first like half hour, I was waiting outside. I was the only one in costume. And I had the foresight to bring a cape and there are like shoe covers that look like the Hobbit feet. Um, <laughs> so like people were eating it up and it was a good time. So once we finally funnel into the building, they pull me aside because I'm in costume. There's another girl in costume. She's dressed like Arwen, mm. she's beautiful. We're still friends on Facebook. <laughs> they pulled us aside and like, oh, like, we wanna make sure you're like in the shop for a lot of stuff because mm. you're in costume. Um, so the first half of the taping was something completely else. And they didn't tell us who the guests were gonna be until they literally walked on. So it was Richard Armitage, Thorin, it was Ian McKellen, Gandalf, Martin Freeman, Bilbo, mm. And Andy Circus. Oh my God! We got to hear Andy Circus perform "Baby It's Cold Outside" in the Gollum voice. Oh my God! I got to ask Martin Freeman a question during Q and A, which was like the highlight of my life. Was
1: it about if he's actually a jerk or just no, his it, persona? No, it was.
2: And we'll probably talk about this later. It was if he took any inspiration from Ian Holmes' performance mm. in Lord of the Rings, which ah. I thought would be a really yeah, it's a good question. A good question. And his answer was great. The reason why a lot of people might not know about this segment is because it never aired on American TV. What? Because the air date was on Sandy Hook.
0: Oh. So it got preempted by news. So
2: nobody showed it.
0: Yeah, because it was all news. Yeah. So
2: the only reason it's out there at all is because some TV channels in Canada did still get the episode, so those people DVR'd it. But I was so upset because... I was like, all right, like I'm gonna go to like the lounge in my res hall, and I'm gonna watch it. And me and my friend are sitting there, like waiting for it to come on. And then the news breaks, and we're we were like an hour away from there. Yeah. At Purchase. Purchase so we is were, like, like right
1: on the Connecticut border. No, oh
2: shit. Um,
1: yeah, that was not fun. Yeah. I remember that day. That was not a good no, day. I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: But anyway, um, I've seen the movies. God knows how many times I have seen. All three in a marathon at a movie mm-hmm. theater at least four times.
0: What was... Now, the marathon at the movie theater, were they the extended versions? The first the, the time it was
2: not the extended because it was literally after Return of the King came out. Oh, okay. So they didn't have extended of all of them. The rest of them were all the extended.
0: See, that is extra street That's guys. Yeah. Because that's 13 hours. And
2: one of them... At least one of them, if not two, we were in costume.
1: Nice. Also, I know the answer to this, Yeah. but what did you usually watch Saturday mornings instead of cartoons? Yeah, so
2: I I was like a wake up early on Saturday morning, watched Cartoons Kid, but I hit a point like late elementary, so after all the movies had come out, I would just wake up and watch the bonus features. Oh, they're the greatest. Yeah, they're so excellent and informative. And I will
0: fight somebody over this. The greatest release of content into the public was the lord of the rings extended blu-ray because it had all the blu-rays and then it had all the bonuses Mm -hmm. and that's was it like six hours per disc
2: yeah there there will never be a set of movies that were that are made like that no No. it was such a crazy endeavor and we'll talk about this more in the next Mm. episode because we're gonna talk about the hobbit uh and trivia time what was the big thing that happened in between... Well, I guess there were a bunch of them. One of the, the biggest contributing factors to why the Hobbit movies came out the way they did. What was the big factor that went into that between the Lord of the Rings movies and then when Jackson finally made the Hobbit I movies? I
0: know, because Guillermo del Toro was originally signed yes,
2: on. Yes! I actually have a note about this. But this he is went like, into
0: pre-production pretty happy, This too, is like he? the lost version does, yeah. of the
2: Hobbit that will ne- It's the one that got away... I'm so sad because he he understood the assignment. He knows that it's a children's novel that's like yeah. maybe a little dark and gritty. He would have had such a good aesthetic for it. Yeah. But he loves
1: fairy tales and this is oh, a, yeah. this is a fairy tale. Cuz even
0: yeah. Pan's Labyrinth as terrifying as it was was a great fairy tale. Oh, it's yeah. So good. So what I was thinking is we would do let's just call it The Hobbit. Yeah. And we'll do all three movies as if it was one movie. Okay. Mm. See, the, if you don't want to, we don't have to. This okay. is
1: interesting because the issue is that it is three movies.
0: Well, I know it's three movies, and we can discuss how it's three movies, but I'm saying, like, the narrative...
1: We can talk about the overarching narrative yes. if they succeed in it, but I think... Like, I don't is, think it would be against to, like, bounce between movies. We can bounce between movies, but I definitely want to separate each of them into individual movies okay. because it, they deserve to be talked about as individual movies if they, if they went out of their way to make it three movies okay. long, and put in some extra I will filler. agree with that.
2: See, my thing, I I look at it at two halves. Mm-hmm. The first, it, spoiler warning, I love the first one. The first one is great, for reasons we'll get into, but it's so, it's, it's what they should have done the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can plainly see this is what they had planned for a first movie before they decided to make it three. Mm-hmm. You know? We don't We don't have all of the unnecessary side plots yet. Mm -hmm. We're just focused, and it's so good. We haven't brought Legolas into the plot. Yeah, and then the next two, they just get a little too distracted. And this is a thing that bothers me, is that incorporating Toriel, while she is, like, not a canon character, Peter Jackson recognized the distinct lack of any women Mm -hmm. mentioned anywhere in The Hobbit. Mm Mm-hmm. And was like, you know what? We have an opportunity here. And the p- I have mixed feelings about how it was executed, but I like that she's there. I
1: was going to ask, my next question is, how do you feel about the fact that they brought in a woman but gave her an extremely stereotypical female storyline? Yes. Where she's just yes. there And that's what and I was going to get into.
0: Because for those of you who have not checked out staylorbooks.com, the reason why I wrote my first two books the way I did is I wanted a strong female character that didn't have to have a penis attached to her to be all powerful. You know what I mean? Like there's no love story. And I agree with you. I have no problem with her character. But why give her cute hobbit, Keeley? Like, they didn't even put any prosthetics on the guy, Aiden Turner, which I had just watched. Do you ever hear of a TV show in Britain called Being Human? I know this movie. Yeah. It's yeah, got yeah. the vampire werewolf. It yeah, yeah. goes, he was he's the great, vampire. He's and he's awesome. He's great in that.
2: He's so good he's in that He's so good.
0: Show. And it, But he is a beautiful man. And it's yeah. like, dude, you're going to put a beautiful man as a, as a dwarf. You're not going to put any prosthetics on him. And then you're going to make him a love interest.
1: Well, and they put a giant nose on his brother. Yeah. To make it that like, he's the handsome one and he's the burly one. Yeah. And but I, I was like, Dude. I have issues with the dwarves too. I, mm. So how do you want to do this? Do you, we want to do what Let's we're watching, just start. You want yeah. to skip what we're watching and just go straight for the meat? Let's just go. We already kind of are into it. Our tangent was the first part of our actual show, yeah. which
0: I think might be a first for us. I know. All right. <laughs> so an unexpected journey is yes. what we are going to talk about first. Yes. Now, why don't we get into what we liked?
1: Okay. Let's do, cause we all agree that this is actually a really good movie. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, is it Lord of the Rings good? I would say no. It's it's still a step down from Lord of the Rings. None of these three
0: get to Lord of the Ring quality. I would though. agree
1: with that. But I do like this movie. I think that... Uh, let's talk about what's good. I love the songs. I love that the songs the, are the oh, backbones. The,
2: the music is the reason why the first yeah. one is so good. I own the
0: first ones on yeah. just digital. I listen to it to go to bed sometimes. It's yeah. a really good soundtrack. But
2: also just
1: the fact that they took these songs that Tolkien wrote for The Hobbit and put them to music and brought them to life in this way. The way yes. it should be. And so like I really like even things like the Goblin King having his song, I really deeply appreciate it. And it, it's those moments where it does the 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 moments that it feels like a kids movie, I think are the strongest mm-hmm. moments where like the logic kind of goes out the window for a minute yeah. and instead you And kinda... like you didn't
0: need Azog. It was bad CGI. It added that terror factor.
1: We're gonna talk about bad CGI because I think that's the Achilles heel of this entire. Oh yeah. Venture. Oh yeah. Is. And
0: too many lean on tropes, kind of like the love story. <coughs> hawks. <coughs> Overuse of hawks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> eagles. 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 I apologize. Please. Eagles.
1: Please. What is this football? We're just. Gonna I have. I birds. have a lot of
0: hawks at my house. That's the yeah. biggest bird I've seen lately. So. Yeah. The eagles. Yes. I try to forget about the. Eagles, the goddamn are eagles.
1: At least the eagles are canonical. I'm gonna stick up for the Eagles and the fact that they're canonical. They're more canonical than Radagast and Bjorn being there.
0: They are canonical, except for they seem like when you always say how they write themselves into a corner.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like they're
0: hanging on trees at the edge of a cliff. Eagles, they'll yeah. take care of it. But
1: that's where it becomes a kid's story again, it's because it you does, have these elements that once make you it... see
0: how much they use them in the in the Lord of the Rings, you're like, dude. Yeah. You don't have to use the, the Eagles. There could be a different way.
2: The thing with the first movie that I think they get too caught up in as they keep going is the first movie has a good balance of whimsy, which yes. is why the songs work so well. Some of the antics and gags, while a bit over the top, like especially when they're like throwing the plates yeah. around, it's obviously fake. But it's so fun, and it's... And
1: it's not overdone. Yeah, yeah. it's
2: not overdone. Bilbo's House
0: is definitely one of my favorite parts of this whole movie. Everything that happened in this It is the most... Especially beautiful. knowing beautiful. how pissed off Ian McKellen was doing I that was, scene.
2: See, I was going to... Because he wasn't there.
0: Because he wasn't there. Yeah.
2: I was actually going to bring this up. That's one of the... That is the most heartbreaking part of watching these movies is because Ian McKellen literally almost quit acting altogether yep. because he got so depressed acting on a set by himself because of the, the scale differences. Because as we recall, for the first movies... They either had stand-ins yeah. or they did force perspective. They incorporated that way more, but they were like for the Hobbit movies, oh, well, we have CGI and it looks so good. We're and just I also do it think they that. were
0: rushing it, and so doing the force yeah. perspective, and the, and I think they were rushing because everything, how backed up it was.
2: Yeah. Oh, and this was my thing earlier. The big, the big thing that happened between Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit is it was acquired by Warner Brothers.
0: Um, and that, of new that's lines, why it's a new three line.
2: movies. That's why so much of the style changes. It's not Brothers. just because it's a different story, it's because like that was kind of the pressure they were put under. Yeah. Peter Jackson lost so much weight oh, when he, he was did the first anemic one at the end
0: of
1: that.
2: It was so it was almost scary. Like yeah. he went to the hospital a couple times, I think. And yeah, it no,
1: just, like, you could tell that, like...
2: Between him and Ian, it's, like, something about this wasn't... There should have been signs at the start that maybe something wasn't quite yeah. right. It,
1: it like Smaug, was dipped in gold. And then... And thinking, then it didn't like, work. This is going to make us impenetrable. We're going to make so much money off of dipping ourselves in gold. They a shitload of money. They right? made a shit ton of money, yeah. but I, I think the general consensus is that these movies, especially in comparison to the Lord of the Rings movies... Mm are soulless. And I, I don't want to say like they're totally soulless because Unexpected Journey, I think the music is what gives that movie oh, a Jesus. soul. Yeah. But the other two movies, having just watched them in the last 48 hours, Extended Edition, I found a way. Quick sidebar, it's impossible to find Desolation of Smaug anywhere. <laughs> really? It's nowhere. It's nowhere. The other Hobbit movies, available on HBO Max or somewhere else. Yeah. Desolation of Smaug, nowhere. That's how they really piss so you weird. off. weird. And so like, I ended up having to watch the extended edition scenes on YouTube and then renting Desolation of Smaug because I wasn't going to pay $15 for the extended edition because it wasn't available to rent. You could only buy it. It's not in my voodoo. I had the extended version. It's not in your voodoo, my son.
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, back to the things we like. Another thing with the music is I think it gave nostalgia to a lot of the people that watched the animated Hobbit movie growing yeah. up. Yeah, because the music in that because it was uh, Rankin and Bass who made all of the stop motion Christmas movies and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff. Uh, they also did *Less Unicorn*, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Their music the- department was so good and so underrated. Mm-hmm. And the the songs from that first Hobbit movie they're like metal covers of the Rankin and Bass songs. It's
1: oh. there's still like every time I see a horde of orcs in any of the movies, my first thought is where there's a whip, there's a way. Which I know isn't Rankin and Best Hobbit. It's 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 the, Rankin'
2: and Best Return of the King. the King. Yeah.
1: So it's it's a separate movie, but I always think of that. Yeah.
2: And that like that that
1: is what makes it like that and the troll scene, like mm. these little things. And that's a,
0: this first one had a lot of those nostalgic parts.
1: Well, yeah, but like...
0: It, like it, having them sing. It has all of the really build-overs. iconic
2: moments that we remember from yes. The Hobbit. Yeah. Because after... I, I feel like after the stuff with Gollum, stuff starts to like escalate quickly, you know? You
1: see the filler. Yeah. You see the filler. The, the climax of Unexpected Journey is the game of Rettles. But then there's a big fight scene after that yes so yeah. and, which just feels like really tacked on and then to your point they escape via the eagles and fly like and then that gave the out. whole that's, well
0: why didn't the eagles just climb all the way that's the way. canonical
1: yeah yeah that that happens in the book they're saved by the eagles i want to stress that i yeah. yeah i totally fully understand that to your point you don't like that my only issue with it was that the eagles dropped them off on this really precipitous yeah how they get down for that <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> I, was I thought like, that too uh, but also, at the same time, there is it's definitely... The drama! There's definitely a shot in um, Desolation of Smout, like, right at the beginning, uh-huh. where Azog is riding with a bunch of warg riders uh-huh. and they get to the edge of a cliff, and uh, we see him look out, trying to find the dwarves, and he can't see them, and Bilbo's spying on him, being like, okay, where are they? And Azog tears off, mm-hmm. out of frustration, he was standing at the edge of the cliff. Mm-hmm. So he... No, he apparently doesn't fall off the cliff that he tears straight towards the edge of, that he was already on the edge of. Mm-hmm. Issues. Small quibbles. Small issues. Yeah. Quibbles. I
0: gotta say, one of the quibbles I know you have, which is Radagast.
1: I, you know, my issue with Radagast is just the shit on his face. It's literally just the shit oh, on his face. It's just shit. I literally love Radagast. Literally the literal shit. Yeah,
0: I actually loved his character, and I love the fact they were able to get Doctor Who into the house. Oh, That's great.
1: Sylvester McCoy's yeah. the best. And I love, I love, like, I love that... Uh, Gandalf gets him high a few times. Yes, that is the best. It really is, literally, I like the rabbit sled. I like the characterization. I like the way he goes about doing his things with the animals. It's literally just that he has a giant trail of shit on his face for all three movies. And I'm just like...
2: Make it moss. Make it
1: moss. Make it anything else. And there's the argument like, oh, it's lichen. It just looks like bird shit. He has the the bird nest under his... It's definitely... Bird See shit. that's
0: where it comes into the family friendly though, because they were probably like, "We gotta put shit somewhere."
1: But like, Let's put it
0: down his face. I, All the kids will laugh at that. I
1: that that's the Meet the Feebles coming out. That is the Meet the Feebles. <laughs> yes! They, oh my god! <laughs> a Meet the Feebles reference. Fantastic. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've just heard the story, dude.
2: Speaking.
0: Well worth it.
2: Speaking of it being, as we have talked about, a family movie, I just want to throw in like a nice little tidbit that I was reminded of. I don't remember which movie it is, but at some point. The Hobbit is mentioned in the MCU... And Bucky has a throwaway line of like, oh, I read it when it came out. Yeah, yes.
1: that's in Falcon, Winter Soldier. Falcon, Winter Soldier. And it's
2: so hilarious because The Hobbit was a kid's book. So this just establishes Bucky to be such a nerd, yeah, like such a, a dweeby nerd. And I, I love yeah. that. Well,
0: and it's it's a kid's book back in that day, which kid's book then would scare the shit
2: out of my son <laughs> if he read it. I
0: <laughs>
1: still remember my mom had a copy of The Hobbit, uh-huh. which was an image of Bilbo and um, Gollum doing the riddles. Nice. And the the picture that they had used for Gollum was Sounds so terrible. So the
2: illustrations yeah. of Gollum
1: are so great. As a 5-year-old, I would see that and I was it was the scariest thing in the world to me. Well, like the random bass hobbits you're talking about, they'll have in Lord of the it's Rings. Like a little
2: frog guy. They're terrifying. Yeah.
0: Like those like the yeah, the the Gollum is
2: horrifying Gollum those. is horrifying and like the orcs, the goblins, oh, yeah. the uh the head goblin with, like, the huge teeth with the huge jaw.
0: And then all the chanting oh. and it's, and like. And he, like,
2: li- like there's literally a scene where he's walking and he, like, opens and you see just how long his teeth are. And he's about to, like, chomp down on a dwarf before.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so yeah. good. But, yeah, this was definitely nostalgia bait. Like, yeah. this one yeah. had a lot of the things, like, oh, I really wanted to see that and I really wanted to see that. And, like you're saying, the the trolls. Yeah. Which were awesome. Let's see it was great.
1: That was great. I I it's it's one of those puzzling scenes because the part of me that knows it's canonical is really excited about uh-huh. it. But then you look at the massive use of trolls in all of the other movies where yeah. they aren't walking and talking and having conversations. And like they're supposed to be stupid. Mm. Undoubtedly they're supposed to be stupid. But for the rest of the movies they're mindless. Yeah. So it, I, like it's one of those weird, like it's not even a quibble. Well wait,
0: aren't they the differences the ones they use in Lord of the Rings are cave trolls, and these are mountain trolls. Yes.
1: Maybe that's it. I yes. think that,
0: that could be it, it too. Because yeah. cave trolls, they're just you know, yeah. bumping their head on the ceiling all the time. So. They're just dumb by <laughs> nature. <laughs> they're just dumb by nature. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, But I, uh, I also, I love, I love, because the animators had to have, like, reverse engineered how they pose in Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. Because when they're going from Weathertop to Rivendell, they run into the, find the, trolls. the troll statues. Right. They're the same pose by the end of it and it's, mm, wow. yeah. it's so, awesome. so good
1: i don't expect a journey is really well done there's just a few too many asides that like it, comparatively to the other two movies yeah. it's a very streamlined movie but the fact that like we were watching it and i was falling asleep an hour into it yeah <laughs> and like we got another 20 minutes into it and at that point we still hadn't gotten to elron's house yeah i'm just like we're gonna take our time with this which i usually don't mind i usually don't mind marinating but this almost over marinated
2: and it's also weird because because there is kind of that uh a parallel between the three hobbit movies and the three lord of the rings movies they get to rivendell a little bit before that oh yeah that point
1: in the lord that's why
2: you're like oh my god this is taking so long
1: well and like there's just like there's there's not an overabundance of action sequences, but there's action sequences that they overstay their welcome a little bit. Yes. They and, go on
2: for a while.
1: And and you're just like, and this this is a bigger problem in the, the other two movies. Just because you
2: can doesn't mean you
1: should. But, like, even the one where Radagast is leading mm-hmm. the orcs around, there's just this moment where he leads them back towards Gandalf. And, like, I get it because there's wargs around and he has, that's yeah. just the only way he can turn. But there's just, like, at some point you're just like, okay, so how many times are we going to watch them look around a rock? See that Radagast is running by and be like, yeah. oh, we got to go this way.
0: And because that scene was extended so long, they just show them like running through trees. And then the next scene, there are no trees anywhere in sight. And yeah. you're like, that kind of is like weird. Yeah. And I think part of that goes into they just, they should have edited that down. They just kept it too long. Yeah.
1: There are they're just a few too many scenes like that. Yeah. And it, I, I, I will reiterate, I think Unexpected Journey has the least amount of those scenes. Mm-hmm where you're just kind of, like, bored. Like, even the beginning where Bilbo, we get, like, a long introduction from yeah. being home Bilbo, as opposed no, to... No, but
2: that's so sweet. No, but that's
1: what I'm saying, is even that in the yeah. first one really works. Yeah. Whereas, like, moments like that that are kind of drawn out in the other two mm. feel really tacky. Mm. And, like, ugh. And
0: yeah. it's like, I know they wanted to put them in their, like, super member berries to connect them to the Lord of the Rings, but if you go to The Hobbit not knowing that they're...
2: A continuation <laughs> of the fucking
0: Lord of the Rings. They had to prequel to it. Then I don't. You yeah. shouldn't even be in that theater. Yeah. But like to me, the only thing that really took me out of this movie is I know one thing you were talking about. The special effects on Azog, horrible.
1: The special effects it, on a it just lot throws
0: of me off like yeah. so much. Yeah, Azog and then
1: um, the Goblin King is the one that pushes it a little too far. Yes, and
0: me. that's the another thing because the goblins are done well. Yeah. But then the Goblin King is like. Well, so this is. I
1: was thinking about this today, and my my thinking on it is that it's just one or two too many things yeah so you have Ian McShane doing the voice okay that's great and then you have the the song that he does okay that's good yes. and
2: he's doing mocap
1: and then you have the the kind of you know writing around the song where he's like you know he almost Tim Curry's it yeah or, where or he's like, well I'm thinking like back in um, *Muppet Treasure Island Tim oh, Curry. Oh has one song and at the beginning of the song he says this is my only number and and I kind of get that vibe <laughs> oh, the from the goblet yes. oh I got I, that I, I yeah I could see that too and and so like just like these elements and then you look at him and he just has this giant goiter and he's repulsive to look at and you're just like it's just pick like two of these things and get rid of them and do the other two things instead because it's just it's too much You've it's too much you've gone too far yeah Yeah. I do like the way he reacts to the, the elf swords I do yeah, like oh, he that freaks out,
0: loses yeah which, I also kind of like the scene where they find Sting and they find these elf swords. I was like, look okay, at that. was, that was well pretty down. good. It, that was oh, it's a good. great
2: moment. Because I was
0: wondering how they were going to say introduce Sting. Yeah. Like, you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah that,
2: was see that. That, that was good. That was well awesome.
1: done. Yeah. And, and for a, a potential, like, I know canonically and everything, mm. but like th- that's also one of those like, member-berry moments of like, mm. it's Gandalf sword. It's Bilbo's sword. But it doesn't come off that way. Like, in Star Wars, yeah, no, in Star Wars, it always comes off as like, uh, it's look. It's the thing. Can't the go with the Star Wars. I love it. And yeah, I, you know the problem is that we've we've crossed the forty sixty barrier. I know, movie. I know. Um, I love it. There's there's more bad than good. I'm very proud of that. Speaking fact. of which, though, I would classify that as my my re-rate on these movies coming back to them, having watched the extended editions, okay. fresh mind. I would say before, it was a forty sixty split, good bad. So 40% of the movies was good, 60% of the movies was bad. I would flip that. Okay.
2: <gasps> Look at You're you. I would say you. that
1: 40% of the movies are bad, 60% of the movies are good. Overall, passing grade, not Lord yeah. of the Rings A++. Yeah. But like, overall... And how, how, always good. how much of that is just the first one? <laughs> the, it's the first one, and the fact that Battle of Five Armies, for as ridiculous as it gets by the end, the middle is, is pretty really strong. Good. Um, I will say... The funniest thing about Battle of Five Armies to me is that in in classic Lord of the Rings fashion, I was expecting uh, you know, the extended edition to be like three hours, almost four hours. It's, hour. it's, like, it's less it's, than three hours long. Yeah. The extended edition is yeah. less than three hours long. And that was like the moment I was like, so you really couldn't just squeeze these into two movies? Like even the extended edition isn't even three hours long. You could you couldn't squeeze these in. We had to have the Lord of Lake Town and his stupid
2: douchebag friend
1: for that much. Like, and I love Stephen Fry, but was, that was yeah, a lot. I love
2: Stephen Fry, too, and but un- that was way too much. And unfortunately, uh, an antagonist whose name is Alfred. Yes, spelled with an <laughs> I instead of an E. And it's like,
0: if you wanted to just remake Wormtongue,
1: just call him Wormtongue. And it's not it's even... It's the same it's character. It's not even a good representation or, or facsimile of Wormtongue. No! It's just like, it's just this character. I was sitting there so puzzled. We're going to get into Desolation of Smack now because why not? Let's, let's talk okay, about let's it. Okay, let's get into it. I was watching both desolation and battle of five armies mm. and the entire time I'm just racking my brain what is the purpose of this character are they supposed to be funny are they just antagonizing are they meant to give us someone to hate mm-hmm. are they meant to have a, like a an evil human i don't understand the purpose of this character in the story and then so much time is dedicated yeah. to them and it's just this appalling Overabundance of time dedicated I think to these they two they wanted idiots.
0: to dedicate that time to them for the payoff of the
1: laugh death. But I don't. Which only 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 Stephen Fry only dies Stephen Fry dies. Yeah. In the theatrical version, in the the extended edition of Battle of the Five Armies, douchebag Magoo, his sidekick, gets eaten. He doesn't. He's hiding in a catapult, and oh, then that's a right. coin falls out of his bra because he's dressed as a woman to avoid combat. Even though all the women have gone to combat. (laughs) And uh, so a coin falls out of his bra. It hits a lever. Doesn't move the lever. But then suddenly the lever drops. And then he's flung into a troll's mouth. And then the troll dies. And then we cut away. And I'm just like, I wanted you to kill him. And he could be dead. I don't know. At least he's out of the movie. But Jesus Christ, you spent so much time on him. What was the purpose of... For what reason? For what possible reason? We didn't need another antagonist. We didn't need an evil human. We didn't need... Uh, if this was supposed to be we for already, jokes, we it already, wasn't funny.
2: We already have an added orc baddie. Yeah, like...
1: Like, what was the purpose of this? This took so long and so much screen time, and it was never paid off. And not only that, that took
0: way too much screen time. And in my opinion, so did the elves. It's like, I think they... Lee Pace loved the guy. Yeah. And they should not have brought Orlando Bloom back. I'm sorry. I agree with that. There's
1: absolutely no reason for his character to be in this movie. A mention of him is fine having him in a starring role.
2: I think it's an interesting choice, especially when you consider, like... In canon, Legolas would have been around when the dwarves came by. He would
0: have, but it's like, it, it, this was, it seemed like but such a cheap, we want to get people who love Lord of the Rings to come back to see yeah. The Hobbit. Yeah, They won't unless we put some, of course they fucking will. Yeah. It's like, it's like a Harry Potter movie. It's, it's like, I don't care how bad the last one is, I'm going to go see the next yeah. one.
1: It's too much involvement. Way too much. He's, he's be- he becomes, not only does he become a central character of the mm. film. But we explore something that even the Lord of the Rings never touched for a second, mm. which is the love life of Legolas. Exactly. Who fucking yeah. cares? Like the the line where he sees the picture of Gimli and he's like, "What's this fucking troll?" <laughs> like that's great. Yeah. I love that. But like,
2: and all the shippers are giggling. Yeah.
1: Like I, I, the whole like, oh, he's in love with Toriel and Toriel's in love with a dwarf and the dwarf is kind of a jerk to Legolas. So
0: there's I'm, a love triangle between three hot people. Yeah, no, and, and, we don't need and it. And
1: I'm just like. I'm just sitting there like, I don't care, yeah. man. I don't care. It's called The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, again... <laughs> you
0: already linked it to the first movies by having Bilbo and freaking Elijah Wood in the beginning. You know what? Ian Holm Elijah Wood. You got them connected. You even brought in that scene of Gandalf and and Elrond and, yeah. and Saruman and all that. You got that was that. good.
1: I like that yeah. scene. That's good. You got
0: your connections. You don't need yeah. fucking Legolas.
1: I, yeah. I, it, give me more Bjorn because... He's yeah. one of one one of the characters I really like who gets like shafted. Absolutely. I want to I want to call my mom. I want to phone a friend because she would know. It, there's in the extended edition of Desolation of Smaug, Gandalf comes up to Bjorn mm-hmm. after sleeping in his house like all night because in the extended edition Bjorn doesn't come back in the middle of the night. He like is they, they don't interact with him until the next mm. morning and Gandalf comes up to him to explain their situation and he introduces himself and Bjorn's like I don't know who you are. I've never heard of you. The fuck do I care about what you want? And I'm just, I want to call my mom and be like, ring ring, you're new Gandalf, right? Like, that's undoubtedly, I can't fathom that that's not true. Yeah. I don't know for certain, but I just, I feel in my gut that that is just yeah. not true. That's true.
0: I, I appreciate the de-aging technology,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but Orlando Bloom still looked he did 20 not look years good. older
1: than he did.
2: Gotten it. Because his face shape has changed, weird. The,
1: the color context. Are bad. Yes, thank you. It's too much. Too much. The shape of his face, the wig it's, doesn't fit as no. well as it used to. None of it works. It just it like doesn't. it. It'd be like if you trotted out Harrison Ford to play young Han Solo. it's yeah. just like
2: no man.
1: Because he was what was he? I think he was eighteen or nineteen. He was still in film school
2: when he, he went. He to He was dude. like was, fresh out of film yeah, school. Yeah, so
0: he's like, dude, the guy's yeah.
2: fucking old now.
0: You can't yeah
1: you can't do it
2: i mean even the it's the... Been years. his, <laughs> his, his <laughs> star <story laughs> has
1: risen and fallen and kind of risen again and then kind of pressed and it. that's the thing even when they made these movies
0: like you're saying
1: he wasn't doing shit
0: no one yeah. cared if orlando bloom was in it he was doing that um uh what's that show that was on amazon where he played a
1: no this was before carnival row this was before carnival this World? was way before yeah carnival so he row. wasn't doing anything yeah he so was like, doing nothing he literally was it was literally
2: on... his first project he was hosting
1: yeah. on pirates money it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of, money. that's a lot of money. He got paid like the friends did.
0: Yeah, especially for the third movie. Yeah.
1: Um, now
2: he's married to Katy Perry. Good for him. Yeah. Good for that, both that, of them, actually. That, yeah, was,
1: that was the only thing he was famous for at the time, was naked paddleboarding oh, yeah. Katy Perry. <laughs> that was like the one thing anybody Good knew about him. And, Good for
2: her. And the
0: person
1: that we all wanted naked was
0: not naked in that picture. We're like, God damn
2: it. Hey, who's we? I know, I know, I know. His <laughs> wee wee is one
0: of them. But. And the thing I and I don't know how you feel about this, just like the Gollum Bilbo scene, the Bilbo smog scene was ooh. awesome. So because I love Benedict Cumberbatch,
2: it's not as magical, but it's still like ooh. It's not like, as
0: magical, but it was real because it, it's it's just two actors, even though one is, you know, voicing a dragon. It's still these two great actors who played side by side yeah. in one and of that, the best TV shows ever. That
2: whole dynamic is just so cool to like. Yeah. Ex- watch I, I like it in concept
1: I think it's done better in the Bakshi, Um or the Rankin and Bass Rankin and Bass um, yes that is I, very true I think that everything about it in terms of its tone its pacing its style all of it works much better like everything does mm-hmm. Everything works much better over here than it does over here.
2: Yeah. Um, Smaug doesn't really move around as much. No. He's he's like a really lazy cat. Because he's been sitting there. Yeah, he's been sleeping. For hundreds of years. This was, he don't care. This was
1: another thing. Is that they, they make no mistake. They tell us he's been sleeping this whole time. Yeah. You can't go in the mountain. There's a sleeping dragon. You can't go in the mountain. There's a sleeping dragon. So he... Aren't we
2: all sore when we wake up after a long nap? Well, like, not only
1: that. Like, Bilbo goes in and... Smaug knows the entire plot of the movie. Yeah. He knows who Thorin is, and he knows that they're dwarves, and he knows that they came from Lake Town, and I'm just like, I can and give you that, that he...
0: knows that Sauron is coming back.
1: I can give you that he smells or some Sauron of this either. on them, but this is a little much yeah. for him to just be like, oh, Thorin, Hogan, Yeah, that was a
0: little weird. The exposition was a little much.
1: It's just a little much. I... I do like... I think I actually like Benedict Cumberbatch more as the necromancer than as Smaug. Um,
0: Dude, I forgot he was the necromancer, too.
1: I But I also just like the necromancer... The necromancer storyline is one of the only things that I really, really like yeah. about all three movies. I did love that. That connecting that was point awesome. is really, really good. If for nothing else, because we get a kick-ass fight with Lady Galadriel. And oh. she just fucking tears ass.
2: The other thing with Smaug is... Benedict Badge also did mocap for he S.M.O.G., did. which makes it so, it's so silly. You've
1: seen this? Oh, yes. It's, it's the full dotted face. Oh, yes. like
2: He's, like, down on, a, and, like, I appreciate the commitment, but there's a certain point knowing. where, there's a certain point where you go, like, is this does this Necessary. actually help? Have... But see, that's
0: what I love about him. He's such a nerd. He probably loved every yeah. oh, second of a couple
2: Cumberbatch is a wonderful love person. Love that man.
0: Yeah. No, and it's... it's just weird, though, that they literally walked off the set, I think, of season three of Sherlock to go to this. So he oh, goes yeah. from Sherlock Holmes well, like, and them to do this. Is, this land. is
1: my only thing is, and, you know, call me old-fashioned or what have you. You're old-fashioned. I like the idea of having these two actors playing off each other. They don't actually film any of those scenes no. together. Not no. even. So even if there there is some level of chemistry, I mm. think that you would get more better chemistry if they were actually doing this on set together. Sense. But one of them's a dragon. Yeah. So I if, mean...
2: If we weren't... I dis-
1: did believe I heard that he, Cumberbatch, did go to
0: set and read the lines while they were filming the Martin Freeman part.
2: This is what I was going to say. If I'm not mistaken. Is if they didn't try to incorporate so much action during their conversation... Because mm-hmm. there's the parts where Bilbo's like running around and he's like looking for stuff like if they just tone that down even more so than like the bilbo Gollum scene Mm. which also has a lot of moving around yeah if you're imagining this as like a stage play like it's just two actors on stage they're not like wandering around there's no like smog flying around Mm. and like looking for him and shit like it's it's just it's just a lovely like almost shakespearean scene of this power dynamic you know
1: reminds me of and it
2: just it distracts from it when you add too much action
1: it reminds me of like this is going to sound degrading i don't mean it to be Uh it reminds me of like when you're in at least for me when you're in an acting class with a bunch of people that are in their first acting class Mm -hmm. and they feel the need to fill the scene with action so they're just doing a monologue, but they're moving all around the scene because they yeah. feel like they can't and, stand still.
2: And unless you have that, like, if you're walking around holding a script, it's you're not going to get the same performance if you're just blind reading. That's true. Then if you were, like, sitting at a table and you can focus more on, like, how you're delivering it. Because you're, you're like, physically, as an actor, you're probably thinking more about how you're moving your body than... How you're actually saying the mm-hmm. words, mm-hmm. you know, it
0: makes sense.
1: Yeah, and As especially someone who did community theater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kelly Kelly's done more theater than me and Steve combined. Yeah, um, and I, then some.
2: I, I, I th- tried
1: acting. It didn't turn out well.
2: I played Anne of, closer. I, <laughs> I played Anne and Anne of Green Gables in eighth grade. I dyed my hair. I went all out. I knew that script mm-hmm. so front to back. I literally had everybody else's lines memorized. Like by Tech Week. That's because mm-hmm. you're
1: a professional, <laughs> even as a, a 13 year old. Yeah. Yeah. Professionals. Yes. But uh, to digress from that point.
2: Yeah. Anyway, so my larger point is they they didn't need to be moving around so yeah. much, and the the direction it becomes is a bit distracted. It
1: becomes very prequel like, and I mean this in the Star Wars sense where there's, yeah. there suddenly becomes this overabundant need for CGI to carry yes. everything. Yes, thank you. You get this sense that the actors are just on a green screen and they're being told what's happening to them and they're trying to react to it as opposed to being on a set. Because the entire time Bilbo's walking on the Horde of Gold, again, I understand it's so much easier to make a Horde of Gold out of CGI and have it filmed on a green screen. I get that. I get that. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's on a green screen.
2: And it, it's distracting because... Like, we were watching it on RTV, which is pretty high quality. Yeah. And you could see the difference in quality between him mm-hmm. and, like, the environment. So, the comping was just not there.
1: The and comping's bad. The lighting's bad. And it's
2: sad because, it mean, like, the effects don't hold up as well no. as the Lord of the Rings movies, which were made 20 years Mostly ago. Mostly practical. Yeah. And yeah. I think,
0: once again, I think it was a time thing, which I... You go, I'm going to have to blame Warner Bros. on this, obviously, because I can't imagine Peter Jackson saying, We're going need, we need to rush these. Yeah. Or we so need to do this all digitally. Or digitally, or use three movies, just like you're saying. The, you know, I, I, like, I bet they wish they could have pulled it back after Guillermo del Toro left, pulled it back and kind of reworked it, maybe done two movies.
1: Mm-hmm. I so. think that if they did it as two movies, you get a much better flow of yeah. everything. Because like, I was thinking about it, nothing about the animated Hobbit, is missing from the book. It it is a very strong beat-for-beat story representation. And there's no extra bullshit. There's no extra bullshit. This, like, even when they hit the beats that you want them to hit, Mm -hmm. there's so much drawn-out energy in between those beats. So, like, they do the spiders really, really well, but there's so much, like, plotting Mm along before we get to the spiders and then as we're at the spiders and then after the spiders when the, the elves come and then... Like, and then you get the, the weird Toriel oh romance thing that's kind of thrown on you. And like it, the worst part of it is Keely being like, aren't you going to search me? I could have anything down my trousers. And I'm like, who wrote this line? <laughs> I need a hand in the air right now because you need to get out. Well, they need a hand in the pants. You need so. to go. Yeah. You need to leave the room. No, it was. You sit in the corner and think about what you did. That whole love
0: dynamic was terrible.
1: Like, if it was, it was done terrible. better, it wouldn't be bad, but like. It was done so bad. There's just so many elements of it that are either phony or so stereotypical that you're just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. And
2: you know what's stupid about it? Is that I feel like Thorin is regarded as like very attractive by dwarf standards. Mm-hmm. Billy and Keely are his nephews. They don't have a lot of beardage. Mm-hmm. So by dwarf standards, they're super ugly. Yeah. yeah. And it's so. It, like, why did you do this with, char- with the character design? But then also,
0: you know, Evangeline Lilly, going back to Lost, is an ass kicker. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't need to give her a love interest. You could have made her
2: when we fir- Sigourney Weaver when from we Aliens. First, when we first interact with her, she's, yeah. like, super badass and, like, does not give a shit. Exactly. She's, she's just, like, headed
1: up to here. She's just, like, the head of the, the guard. Yeah.
2: She's life. the head of the guard. Like,
0: take Orlando Bloom out. Make her the heavy of the elves. Mm-hmm. No love scene, but then she can sympathize with the dwarves and want to help She sympathizes with
1: them. the dwarves and wants to help
2: exactly. them.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Not bone them, yeah. help them. And, and it's like, that would have made more sense.
2: And God forbid we have camaraderie between yeah. just people of different genders. And
1: cut the five damsel in distress moments oh from oh Battle God. of Five Armies. Because it's like, they're stacked on top of each other, and they're all intolerable. And she is... I, th- I don't know
0: what they really say, but you got to assume she's hundreds if not thousands hundreds of years, years old. Oh, absolutely. Old. Yeah. And so it's like, I bet she probably knows how to fight better than this young dwarf who, what they've all said, pretty much has never fought. Yeah. Has, like, been an arm, you know, armor or whatnot. Yeah. And it's like, she's been a badass fighting, like, spiders
1: and shit for a it's thousand so years.
2: annoyingly She shouldn't ever be in trouble. It's so annoyingly inconsistent. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like, the the one that got me... Was and we'll get more into it, because Battle of Five Armies is one of those movies where at first it's really fun, and then the further you get into it, the more you're like, okay, no, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. All right, all right. They try go, to hit go, a let's lot let's
0: of go. beats of the end of Return of the
1: King. Well, not only that, they try too hard to, like, they, they. I appreciate the idea of the siege being this very complicated yep. maneuver, and I like that a lot, but by the time we get to Thorin charging the orcs tower i'm just like i'm exhausted and i'm like i'm checked out and there's still more hijinks to be had Mm. uh you know so like when orlando bloom is on top of a tower and sees that toriel's gonna get killed and he's out of arrows so he jumps on a blind troll and drives it through the tower knocking it down across a ravine so he can cross it so that he can stop the orc that's gonna kill her i'm just like or she could be a badass. Yeah. I'm just throwing it out there. But
0: that also was the member barrier of... You remember when Legolas did this awesome thing in Lord of the Rings? Remember when he did this awesome thing in Lord of the Rings? But that's just him being
2: an elf. She could just as yeah, easily do this But that's no what things. I mean, and though, also, I agree with you on him, him, like, you know, jumping on the troll and, like, making it fall over, that cannot possibly the, be the path of least resistance. Right? Yeah. Like,
1: this was your best option? This was your best option. Yeah.
2: Like you're really going for that kill to like take the time to do all this? You could have just jumped on his head like in the whole barrel sequence where he's jumping on their head. Yeah. yeah. Just jump on the thing's fucking head and jump down.
1: I want to give <laughs> like... you credit because you put the exact right Term to it when we were watching Desolation of Smaug yesterday. Yeah, it gets real pirates of the Caribbean, oh, real yeah, fast. Very much so. Yeah, and it's just like it's like
2: too much of that like slapstick action, and it mm. just doesn't work. here. It doesn't work
1: here. Yeah, it's not right. And so, like, well, and it doesn't
0: also work because if you think about the Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Orlando Bloom wasn't really doing the slapsticky stuff. It was Johnny Depp.
1: Well, and like so, he he got involved in like like I'm thinking of the giant set pieces like in um, uh, Dead Man's Chest where. They're, they're the in giant the, ball, the, the wheel, or the, uh, the the giant ball, the wheel that yep. that they're fighting in, and they keep going on different levels of this wheel, mm-hmm. and it's like it's really entertaining. There, it works because it the entire thing is that it's an amusement ride.
0: Yeah,
1: here it comes off as kind of hokey, and mm-hmm. they do it over and over and over again in almost every fight sequence. There's one of those moments where mm-hmm. you're just like, no, I get it, I get it, but like I would so much rather we didn't.
0: So we are on to Battle of the Five Armies, everyone. Yes. I think that was our transition right there. <laughs> yeah, no, I... See, what's difficult for me is, is this is kind of going into what we talked about with Star Wars recently. Mm-hmm. I am a Hobbit apologist just because I love anything that takes place in this universe. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And I just want to see more. And that's why I'm excited about this new show coming out. Yeah, so- but I will admit, especially in the discussions we're having now, that these are not perfect films. And mm-hmm. They have a lot of issues. I do love Battle of the Five Armies. Everything you're saying, though, I can't deny.
1: I'm going to throw one more on top of it for you. Oh, boy. How 300 are some of the trolls in the Battle of Five Armies? Oh, my God. Like yeah. they, they got a quadriplegic troll who has these blades where his hands should be, and he walks on these peg legs, and he's had his eyes gouged out, and that's how you steer him is on this big chain. I'm just like, this is 300. Yeah, this is the weird goat guy in Xerxes' tent. Like this is 300. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I'm baffled by it, but it's here. It's now. It's happening. This movie
0: is where the CGI really took a turn. It anyway. really gets because real they intense. really overdid it. it, it becomes and as a much as pass. I love I love Billy Conley. And I love I him as I do love Dane. that.
1: I do love, that is one of my favorite moments is when he shows up on his big pig yes. and they're riding ghosts. It's like, hell yeah. I, that, that I love awesome. that. That is a great fucking moment. I but love that But a lot movie.
0: of the CGI of the dwarf army. It's so bad. It's so bad. Yeah. And that's what sucks because like you said, when, and you, as soon as you hear that voice, you're like, that's fucking Billy Conley. Oh, that's amazing. And yeah. then it's awesome. And then you're like, oh.
1: Yeah. Why could not I just shut my eyes and, and just listen so to them talk? Sir, this is a this is a recurring issue with all three films that yes. we haven't talked about yet is the dwarves themselves. Because I'll grant you there's thirteen of these motherfuckers. Uh-huh. And
2: We all gotta be unique.
1: For the life of me, I can't tell them apart. Even though they have like these weird these, Wait, really? Well, like I can tell them apart visually, but I can't remember who's who. Oh, I can. You know, like like I look at them, it took me five or six tries, I was watching it today and I paused the movie and I was like, okay, Owen, Glowin, Feely, Keeley, Ori, Nori, Dory, Biffer, Boffer, Bomber, and like, I'm, I'm going through and I'm like, but who's who? And like, I can remember all the names because I've read these books, the yeah. book, and I know, I know the characters and like, but I, for the life of me, they don't characterize mm-hmm. half of the dwarves. And they do a good job with some of them. I yes. think, um, not Biffer, but Boffer. I think Bofer Boffer. I always remember his name because mm. it's Bofer, And all I can think every time someone turns to him and says, Bofer is these Nuts. Oh, and, of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. <laughs> um, so he's good. Ballin and, Ke- well, and Dwallin I like a Keely's lot. Keely's good. Ballin and Dwallin are good. Yes. But like Nori, Ori, Dori, uh, Glowin, Owen... Are nothing; char- they're nothing characters, mm. and like they're they're there for slapstick humor, which is it just makes me annoyed with them mm. because I don't like the slapstick humor when it gets. And kind if of you had abusive. taken out the
0: love scene, you could have put more focus on the dwarves. exactly, and like, had more, and even um, the Azog stuff. You could have focused more. There's
1: there's stuff to do here yeah. more than just give them distracting beard. It's not just that you you made it so that their beards are mm. how you tell them apart. It's that they're really distracting and annoying.
2: You know what I would have liked more of. Is instead of all of this like slapstick, you know, doing it for the laugh stuff, is more of them bickering with each other because mm-hmm. it's so funny, and that's where we get a lot of the like meaty, juicy character development for each there's of them a, as individuals. There's a
1: great line in Battle of Five Armies mm-hmm. where they're Dwalin Keeley and a bunch of other dwarves are on a battle machine that's pulled by goats. And they're being chased by a troll across a frozen river. And Dwalin says, shoot it. And Keeley says, where? And Dwalin says, in the jam bags. (laughs) It doesn't have jam bags. (laughs) And I'm like, there should be so much more of this in this movie. Because these moments are great. Well, and you hit the nail
0: on the head, is if you read The Hobbit, it is a travel book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's about these companions and their interactions. And by splitting it into three movies and adding all this stuff, it turned them into action movies. Mm-hmm. And so you lose that personal interaction between the actors, the characters, and it does kind of cut it down too much.
1: It's almost like they said, we're never going to be able to characterize all 13 yeah. dwarves. Let's cut our losses. Let's try and do six yeah. and see if we can do six well and we'll just forget the other you know, seven and it'll be fine. And also, I really don't like they went over the top with the prosthetics on like almost all the mm. dwarves. The dwarves that have prosthetics, especially like Ori, mm. they went so far over the top on the prosthetics that it's just, again, it's just distracting. It's not entertaining. It's just like,
2: what's wrong with your face? Yes. Or you could be like Rankin and Bass where like three of them are unique and the rest of them are like paper cutouts of each other. <laughs> they're literal
1: palette swaps. Yeah, they're
2: literal <laughs> palette swaps. And it's so excellent.
1: Here's the thing. If you made this more like a children's story, uh, this wouldn't be an issue for me. Yeah. But because you've tried to make it mature, I'm now going to judge it on a mature level. In the original Hobbit, of course, they're not going to be all individualized because it's a children's book. They'd mm. they, they, take
2: forever. There's too many there's of them. There's too many of them.
1: That's the joke is that there's too many of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a children's story, it works because it's just a thing. It it means nothing because it's a children's story. Mm-hmm. But here, it's supposed to mean something, and now you get these issues where these things that didn't have to mean anything before now have to mean something I agree. where you have like, I love the moon runes. The moon runes work great as a children's story MacGuffin. Mm -hmm. When you're watching a honest to goodness movie. And again, I know it's canonical. I know it's canonical, but there's this moment when Elrond is like, Oh, they're moon runes. You have to have the right moon to read them. And it like kind of holds in the air for like three seconds. He's like, Luckily, we have the right mode. Yeah, that and, always bothered me, too. And, it's like, and, that like, was lazy. I get it. It's canonical. That's the way it is in the book. That would make more sense in the book, which is for children, yeah. than it does here, where now we have to kind of fight with yeah. the lack of logic, logic yeah. to what we're doing. I agree with you. I don't know.
0: I, I just wish they would have had a little bit more, especially with like the humans in Lake Town and all that. It's like, I just wish they had taken out some of the action, taken out the love scene, Had more of the interaction between the dwarves and then had more interaction with the people of Lake Town and just like have the human component, which was a much bigger component.
2: Something about the love scene is the thing that upsets me the most is just how she handles it. It's so frustrating because I am sure she's had like, you know, people in her life die, you know, because she's in combat and that's like the only way elves die is in combat, really. I don't know if they establish like this is the first time she's been in love or something. That's how it kind of comes off, and I find that really annoying. Which after a thousand
0: years, yeah, yeah, like really love something.
2: But the way she reacts to it, the parallel that I have stuck in my mind is. Because we watched Steven Spielberg's West Side Story not too long ago. Mm-hmm. It's how Maria is at the end of West Side Story mm-hmm. that she survived. And it's like, how do I go on with my life? I'm like, girl, you've had so much more life before this guy came into your life. Like, you should not be that pressed about it. You've
1: known him all week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, like, it's so much of that, like, Romeo, Juliet oh, bullshit of, like, oh, i was so in love. Like, it's been, like, five minutes and, and then it's, they, it's, it's, it was so and bad it, yeah, And, and it wasn't like a great way of doing that either no. well it's
1: all it's all tied to the capstone of the entire arc which is toriel cradling keely in her arms saying why does it hurt so bad and lee pace coming to her and saying because it was
2: real you know what i wish this is so terrible I wish she died too. Yeah, I wish awesome. they died together in combat. Yes. I think that would have been a so much more meaningful. and B, it would have created a really great character moment for Legolas. because yeah. mm-hmm. he also hasn't experienced death too much, especially as like privileged Prince boy. We get like a small taste of him like mourning. Lord of the Rings after Gandalf falls, mm. where he has like just like that sullen face. But how much more meaningful would that moment be if his friend died all those years ago? Mm.
1: Yeah, especially because since she lives now, there's this hanging chad of Legolas apparently has this elf woman that he had a, a hard crush on
2: mm. for it was a who whole knows thing. how long,
1: and he was ready to to give up his princedom so he could be with this elf woman, except she liked this dwarf. Mm. And you know, it's just like Obi-Wan, it's just like now we're tampering like, with the wall. She, water. Go? <laughs> she See, doesn't show up anywhere, she's never mentioned, and she is in no way she involved just in the disappears. And
0: the two cringe-worthy moments to me and all these three movies both happen at the end of Five Armies. You have that scene, yeah. the death scene, cringe to death, and then they had to throw in Lee Pace saying, Oh, there's a ranger named Aragon. Look yeah. and I was like, dude, that should have How else do you need to connect these fucking movies?
2: That should have been Gandalf. Doing that line. If yeah, they were going to throw like, that in. It was completely unnecessary. Yeah.
1: It, I I just, there's so many things. Like about that, it that
0: line it right there is where I said, this this can't, this could not have come from that. Yeah. Also,
2: they totally knew each other because Eric yeah. Gordon was raised by elves. He was raised yes. in, in Rivendell. Rivendell. In Rivendell. Like Lawson absolutely would have visited. Yes. There's while Eric Gordon was growing up. Or he, he, would, who who he, is. Is. he yeah. would have heard of him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like there's, yeah. there's no way. Uh, he
2: might have known him as. Uh, Alessar instead of Aragorn he still would have known who he was Mm -hmm. it just it makes
1: there's so many things that was the worst though
0: like that was so cringy I mean it was so cringy
1: there's so many things like that though in these movies that you're just like okay I mean it's I get what you're doing but it I don't think it's working the way you think it's working Mm -hmm. it all comes back down to Thorin's plan to kill Smaug is to cover him in molten gold yeah this is your whole yeah. Plan.
2: How did you think that was gonna go? What for did you, you think was gonna happen?
1: Yeah. It wasn't gonna harden
0: immediately. And that even kinda of reminded and me. And he breathes
2: the, fire.
0: The end of the twenty sixteen <laughs> Ghostbusters where I said what that movie went bad is they got halfway through and realized they still had hundred million dollars in their CGI budget yeah. and they just decided no. to throw it all on the screen. That's what this oh. is kinda of like. Dude, it would look so cool if he was just covered in gold and we could do gold and gold and gold and it's like...
2: Gold dragon. Then gold he's, dragon, he's dude. He's going to be a
1: gold dragon. He's going to fly out into the night yeah. and then he's going to spin around and all like the a, gold's going to fly off Like of a him. fucking
2: yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. It
1: just... There were... But like... like the, the entire process of getting the furnaces on so that they can make the statue to dump the gold on him. And just like... All of it is too much. It's too much, man. What I wonder is they...
2: It looks They cool, got through one but...
1: cut of
0: the movie and was like. This thing's only like two hours and fifteen minutes long. If we don't put this thing close to three hours, our fans are gonna yell at us. So they're yeah. like, we're gonna reshoot some shit. And just fucking throw it in there.
2: Although you know what's great, and this reminded me of that, is there's there's a game coming out that's like a simulator.
0: Isn't it the is it the Gollum one?
2: No, it's you're like a group of dwarves. Okay. And you like create a mine and you go like
0: Dude, that's do combat f- oh in the
2: mines. God. And uh, that's a
0: time loser, yeah, right that's there. That's gonna be
2: so good. It's a
1: time vampire. That better be on Switch. Yeah, I think we I saw it for Switch. Switch, or no, we saw it for PC,
2: didn't we? Anyway. i double check. I'm yeah, not
0: sure. Because um, like that reminds me of Age of Empires. I used to play that, mm-hmm. and like five hours would go by. Did
2: you ever play Age of Mythology?
0: Yes, which was awesome. I played that actually on the DS, so it wasn't the best quality one. But...
2: Oh, my, oh, bleh. Uh-huh. no! You need a. You need the PC version. B. There's a board game of Age of Mythology, and it takes like several hours just to get everything out of the box. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's yeah. so great.
1: There's this when new, I retire. There's this new thing in board games. Mm-hmm. It's called highly complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Remember the first time somebody tried to explain to me how to play Settlers of Catan? I was like, I'm gonna go over here. Well, like I'll be over there uh, looking at the
1: paint. One of my favorite. This is a, a super tangent. One of my favorite shows on YouTube is the show Beer and Board Games. Okay. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Four improv actors drink six beers each and play a board game. Okay. And invariably, if there's a complicated board game, they just were playing Dark Tower, they will spend the first three beers trying to set up the game. And the host will just be like, are we ready to play yet? Mm. No, we're still setting it up. And it's every time with these complicated games, it's just like, it is you, crazy. you could drink gonna... like an entire six pack yeah. in the amount of time it takes to set up this fucking game.
0: So what do we want to, I think we should each yes. rate or give a, a number grade to each movie.
1: Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm going to go with
0: that. I'm going to be a solid eight six eight.
1: Okay. I would say, I'm not going to be as generous as you. I'm, I'm going to say, I'll give Hobbit Unexpected Journey an 8. Okay. I think you're right on that. I think Desolation of Smaug, I can't really give it more than like a five because like, again, the stuff that's really good Mm. is good. And the stuff that's really frustrating is really frustrating. And the further you get into that movie, the more the frustrating things bleed over the good things. Mm. So like, I love the spider scene. I love the spider scene. I think it's done so well. I love that he can only understand them when he puts the ring on. There's so many elements of this that I would love. It's so good. I hate everything about Lake. I hate everything about Lake Town. Like every, it's a, a dry hole of awful. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, I, I hate it. I, even
2: Colbert's. I was going to say even I, Stephen
1: Colbert. I, I love that Colbert's there. <laughs> and isn't it his kids too? Like two of yeah, his, his daughters. Yeah, his kids are in there too. Yeah, and like, amazing. it's, it, you know, that's great. It's, you know? Yeah.
2: Did you know they did a bunch of the extras that were there for that had a trivia night? He kicked everyone's ass. Oh yeah, which
1: he beat, is the he's best. ridiculous. He beat it's the researchers. So wonderful I it. for the movie. I believe it. And then uh, Battle of Five Armies, I will give it a back upswing. I'm gonna give it like uh, I'm gonna give it. I'll be generous and give it a seven. Okay, so you're not far off. from I'm me. not too far off.
0: Like the way you've talked about these movies, I thought you'd be light years away, but eight five seven. Yeah. That's. It's still a passing grade That's overall. a passing grade.
1: At the end of the day, we, me and Kelly, Hi. have this massive pantheon of digital movies. Mm-hmm. It's almost six hundred and fifty at this point. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I am happy buying movies. I have no issue buying movies. But I, I still am a little picky about what I buy. Mm-hmm. Unless it's in the $5 bin. If it's in the $5 bin, I'll, I'll pick it no matter what. But... Unless it's Independence Day, apparently, because that's been in the $5 <laughs> bin for two weeks and yeah, I haven't right. picked it up. When I look at these movies, when I look at specifically, we already own the extended edition of, of uh, Unexpected Journey. Okay. So that in and of itself is our seal of approval saying, we like this movie enough that we want to put it in the Pantheon. And we're, we're willing to pay premium price because mm. those movies don't drop under $10, mm. ever. That's ever. just never a thing. I'm still hard-pressed to say if I would put Battle of Five Armies and Desolation of Smoke in the Pantheon. I'm not... Certain I would because I still find enough of those movies frustrating, mm-hmm. so that even the elements of it that are fun end up with these like bad taste in your mouth, kind of like legless jumping up the rocks and this kind of janky mm-hmm. CGI mess. So you can save Toriel, and you're just like, no, no, this is necessary. Yeah.
0: See, the OCD in me would be like what I've done with Star Trek, where I own ones that I don't like mm-hmm. just because I need to have them. You need the to set. have the set. Yeah, I own all nine of the Star Wars mainline movies except for last Jedi, i refused to ever put a dollar down that piece of shit again yeah. and i didn't buy rise of skywalker I, I inherited that from somebody but like i i bought the prequels even though i hated them just yeah. because i needed the set
1: i haven't bought them i i don't even have the holy trilogy on there because you can't find the original cut of the holy trilogy on digital
2: that's a whole episode it, on it its own
1: doesn't exist yeah george got his way thank you george for ruining my childhood once again be dramatic about it. Mm-hmm. Only a little. Only a little. A little, little. Uh, what about you? What are your grades? your? grades
2: Yes, unexpected journey. I would put it a nine. Okay. I, I think they did a really good job. I could see that? The, like it was a great starting point. Like I said earlier, I think if they hadn't made this three movies, the first movie would have remained as it is. Mm. I would they, agree with that. They have a lot of the like, you know, big scenes that you always remember. The music, it's so good. It holds up a lot better than the other two. Yes. So, Desolation of Smog. I'm not going to go as low as a five, but I am going to do six and a half. Okay. I think there are a lot of areas that struggle with it. A lot of things that are unnecessary. The CGI does... When we were watching the barrel scene... Mm-hmm we watch uh, the VFX reacts on corridor crew like and i was kind of like this when i went for sound engineering is like you you can like really like stop and really like hear stuff when you when you study it now that we've been watching that and we're kind of like studying it by watching mm-hmm. their show you can like really spot where the CGI is just not
1: it's just not there something so. was not
2: processed right yeah
1: and it, it's when it's bad, it's, and it's really and it's bad. Re-
2: and yeah. it's particularly noticeable, I think, in Desolation of Smog. I would agree with and that. And then uh, Botfa, Battle of Five Armies. I, I don't know if I would go higher than a six. Because if your ending's not good, mm-hmm. and this was pretty shaky, if your ending's not good, why do you, even if you do great stuff, Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't resolve something well, that's going to leave a bad taste in your mouth. So I'd say, if anything, maybe six and a half, just because they didn't incorporate a lot of great stuff. So, like, mm-hmm. the other dwarves coming, all of that. But, mmm, they mm.
0: There
1: we go, folks. Battle of Five Ugh. Armies also does that thing that Star Wars likes to do now. What's up? Where they introduce a concept seemingly for a deep purpose and then it doesn't have any payoff at all yeah <gasps> yeah the two, giant earthworms. Two things, what the fuck are the giant earthworms and why is there absolutely no payoff yeah
2: yeah two things i will give credit to battle of five armies one they they did kill off some major characters i yes. absolutely respect and love that they did that i wanted more dwarf death
1: i just i wanted more of the 13 dwarfs to die by the end mm-hmm. of that
2: yeah the other thing that i really appreciate is in the book Bilbo gets knocked unconscious really early on and yeah. then he wakes up and everything's over. Yep. Yeah. And they still kind of they, they still that. held on to that. Yeah. I'm like good for you. I do appreciate he plays
1: that. a salient role in the beginning of the fight and then he gets knocked on his ass. And takes a nice And then he wakes up
2: and he's like, oh
1: shit. Thorin's dying? Oh no, I like Thorin Mm. now that he's not crazy Thorin. I didn't like crazy Thorin. Thorin. I don't
2: think anyone liked crazy Thorin.
1: Maybe Thorin liked crazy Thorin. People people abided crazy Thorin for a little bit of time. And then they were like, you know what? I don't think I can deal with crazy Thorin. Goddamn crazy Thorin.
0: Oh, he has um,
2: such a good voice. Anyway. <laughs> well, that's
0: right, because he was uh, Belmont in uh, the Castlevania oh, right. show. right. I
2: forgot he was Trevor. That's right. Right. He was Trevor yes, Belmont. Yes, yes.
0: Um, And for those of you who listen to this, and if you want to see a good dragon movie, movie I highly recommend Reign of Fire. If you have not heard of it, it is Christian Bale wow. and Magic McConaughey. That movie is fantastic, especially for dragon movies. I just watched it recently, so that's why it's fresh on my mind. I, okay. had,
1: um, I have a funny story about Reign of Fire. Yes. I tried to watch that with my family one night, and the DVD we got from the library was so beat up. We went through four different rooms with four different oh machines oh trying to play no. this DVD. That's and awful. it was just like, that's going to be my thought of Reign of Fire for the rest of time. That's how I'll always remember. It's such remember. a great movie. Um, oh, it's such a great movie.
0: All right, folks. So there is our view on The Hobbit times three. We just realized that this show was going long, so we made an executive decision. We are going to splinter off um, Fellowship of the Ring... To our next episode, we are gonna to try to squeeze in all three Lord of the Ring movies in one episode. If that does not happen, we will do the first two, and then we will do Return of the King as its own standalone episode. We
2: might have to do three episodes instead of just two. I know. Wing, oh wing. I
0: mean, I know. If you couldn't get it in two, I if do you want, it. It, we'll
1: pull a Peter
2: Jackson. We'll our, have to
0: figure out a way. Yeah.
2: Arda, help us.
0: Because yeah. you know, as much as we enjoy this, and as much as we could definitely continue talking about this universe. We do not want you bored to death driving your car off the road because you fell asleep listening to us talk about four Lord of the Rings slash Hobbit movies for two and a half hours. Also, yes. not
1: for nothing, my throat is dry.
0: It is very dry. <laughs> yeah. so, um, so, that was our uh, Hobbit reviews. We hope you enjoyed them. We hope you uh, check in next time for our Lord of the Ring reviews, which yeah. I cannot wait to talk about these movies. I'm so oh, excited. yeah.
1: It's going to be so good. And Kelly will appetizer. be returning. Yes, yeah.
0: Kelly will be back. For the remainder of however long. And then I hope you will come back for when the TV show comes out. Yeah, oh, you'll you have to join me? us for the premiere. you have, have to join us power. for the premiere.
2: I'm so
0: ready. Yeah. I cannot wait for I'm that. So, pumped. Um, so once again, folks, this has been NerdPod Generations, episode 61. Uh, please tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell the wall, tell a dog, tell a cat, tell the sheep, tell anybody. We need more people to listen to the show because we believe we have pure gold being spewed from
1: our mouths. Not the gold that covered Smaug, but real gold. It, it could be the gold that covered Smaug but we would stick to him unlike all that other cheap-ass yes. gold right. that fell off.
0: Mainly because we love Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. We would
1: just stick gotta, to Gotta love Benedict You can
0: also check us out on YouTube. Go to YouTube.com. Um, look up NerdPod Generations. We have a bunch of great videos. We are going to be putting up more videos, so like the channel, subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. Um, my name is Steve Taylor. You can find me at
1: staylorbooks.com. My name is Alfred Judson. You can find me at judsonstudios.org, and I want to hand it over to Kelly really quick if you want to oh, give a plug or oh, anything.
2: Oh, I, I didn't think of it. Don't, you don't have a plug or anything? I would plug my SoundCloud, but I don't remember my username, Do you, uh, that's okay. I guess have a gonna great have to wait. night,
1: guys. Yeah.
2: Have it's... a good night.
1: Kelly, you're welcome to join us. It just depends on how much Marvel you want to have to swallow at this point, mm-hmm. which after six hard years of lots of Marvel, I can't blame you for being kind of out. Mm-hmm. A bit. I'm kind of out. <laughs> <I'm still not laughs> right, anyway, folks. that's going to be it, folks. Have a good night. Good have a great night. night, friends and enemies.